is you're not really sure where you stand in the group, I think. Because if you decide you don't like someone and everyone else likes this person a little more than they like you, you stand to lose your social group. And that's important. So these are the things that, uh, that, that come to mind. You ever walk into a room and you're like, ooh, it feels weird in here. The mood has changed. Somebody hates me. But why? You're just existing. You just showed up. But then you start to spiral. What the hell? Did I do something? Did I offend somebody? Do I have a bug on the edge of my nose? Wait a minute. Do I even like this person? Do they suck? Right. I don't like them. They're jerks. Ugh, my mojo is shot. I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but this happens to me all the time. This is my inner dialogue everywhere and it throws off my game. So I figured I can't be alone on this, right? And I recently did a keynote speech on belonging and the topic of exclusivity and inclusivity really, really came up as a big portion of it. And I started Googling what to do when people hate you for no reason. And you want to hear something crazy? Not a lot came up about it. And if you're sitting there thinking, isn't this something you deal with in high school? Why is this even a thing? But here's the truth. Yes, this is something that you deal with in high school. But here's the real truth. We were never taught how to properly handle those feelings. I mean, suck it up or they're just jealous doesn't really cut it. It doesn't really make you feel better, give you tools to kind of move through it. So we're going to address that today. I did find an article. I started Googling and I found an article from author, writer, former pro boxer. Yes, I'm serious. And self-improvement enthusiast. This guy is like the most interesting dude in the world. Super smart and very, very robust in his background. Ed Lattimore is his name and he nailed it. So I invited him on the podcast. We're inviting it. We're breaking it down here. And I want you to think of a few friends that might benefit from a conversation like this. Maybe they've admitted that they sometimes feel socially awkward or have social anxiety, or they've just straight up told you so-and-so doesn't like me and I don't get it. Send them a text right now and share this episode with them. And for more, go to allisonhair.com. Here is my conversation with Ed Lattimore. So I have to say, so I had stumbled upon your article and the article was named, What to Do When Someone Hates You for No Reason. And here's what I think is so fascinating about that. Nobody talks about it, but <laughs> everyone feels that. Everyone has felt what that is like. Why don't people talk about it? Because it's really hard to, to, first off, it's a difficult problem. It's also a common one. And that should go to tell you, you know, people are, are dealing with this in mass, but don't know what to do. So they've kind of brushed it under the rug. Or it's a thing they don't talk about. Or it's kind of like a, here's a pity party, join me kind of do. Instead of offering real solutions. And, and here's a funny thing about solutions. Sometimes the solution does not align with what you want to do. And so you have to decide how important it's difficult. it is. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. How important it is. And, you know, I, 
I think that the reason why we don't discuss it is is we 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 worry that we maybe deserve it. <laughs> that mm. I know that's a big deal if I go, you know, there's mm-hmm. no reason. And someone goes, well, how about that? Here are some things, right? And, and we're very reluctant to to change and we avoid criticism whenever possible. It, it takes a special kind of person to seek out criticism. So there's one aspect of it. Let's put a pick. Can I put a pin in that for just a second? Because what you're talking about, what I'm hearing is self-awareness. Yeah. And so I think people... You know, it's kind of like everyone thinks they have a great sense of humor, but not everybody is that funny. And I think the self-awareness part is really hard to know. I think I understand myself, but do I? You know, right. and how do you even t- and tangle? Like, do I have do I have this right? And why why am I feeling this weird vibe when I walk in this room? And I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't even know where to begin. So where do you begin? Uh, self-awareness is hard. Because we we have the worst perspective of ourselves. Like, in fact, if you want to be technical about it, we don't have one. We are the source, for, you know, from which the image emanates that other people receive. So we have to rely on proxy, and that means you know we have to take and consider what the kind of what the average of what people say to us about us and their reaction. So there's a certain level of sensitivity required here. Yeah. And there's also a certain level of like realism too. You know, you have to go, okay, maybe that was that was really messed up, or maybe I'm really lame. You know, and go, okay, here's what I can do to fix that, change that, uh, improve, right? So those are those are two big parts to self awareness. But but going back to like why people don't talk about not being liked, there, there's also the other part of it that I think maybe fits into this as well. And I, th- I think a lot of people want to have it both ways we, we they want their cake and eat it too as, as they say right uh, i think people want to be liked but they want to be liked by for exactly who they are right and here's the problem that's probably not going to work so you have to decide mm. what's more important to you a fully authentic expression of self or acceptance from people who probably aren't that i mean i don't want to say probably well there's a good chance it's not worth you sacrificing for and and we're social animals we want to be liked and we want to be in a group so that that next part is really difficult yes the belonging the sense of belonging the need for belonging absolutely but you know funny thing happens when you when you decide to be authentic and live you know your live what's true to you is that you immediately repel everyone who is not a good fit and so all mm. that's left oh that's is good for, for people who are fit to fill in that space so in the in the in the short run it's painful and i think this yeah. like is the is the source of all our woes in humanity is trying to trying to alleviate the short-term pain when we should realize that that short-term pain is is a sign that you know the long-term benefit is probably going to be pretty good okay so that's that's what we have to do and because in the long term you end up with people who like who actually respect you like it's great i have to say that you know i i it makes so much sense what you're saying and i never even thought about like the you repel the people that don't belong in your life And so, you know, there have been times when I walk into a room 
let's say. And, you know, there are people that I just get a weird vibe from. And I don't know why, you know, like nothing had specifically had happened. I know for sure nothing had happened. And, you know, I, I don't know. For, for whatever reason, I don't know that something has happened. It's, it's one of those things where there are people that I don't like. I don't like to be around, and they've never done anything bad to me. I just don't want to be around their energy. And, you know, I feel bad because I feel hypocritical because, you know, there are people that I'll get a weird vibe from and assume, like, they, I, I feel like they're trying to, you know, I feel squashed around them. I don't feel like I'm you know, my most, uh, I, I love what you say in this article, go where you're celebrated. I don't yeah. feel celebrated. And so I think, you know, but then I think, why do I care so much? Why do I want this person? Like my head starts spinning, you know, in, uh, where, where I just start spinning of like, why don't they, what have I done? How do you get out of that loop? You know, am I, am I normal? For that, well, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think is that a normal th reaction when sure. you when you so start to feel you know that you start to ruminate. So yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think it's perfectly normal. That doesn't. But I mean, so is the desire to like, you know, so is the desire to like, you know, sleep with every attractive human you see. That right. Doesn't, that doesn't mean you you do it. And furthermore, you 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 um. You reflect and eventually you, you channel and learn about yourself, right? So, so when you have those feelings, there may be something there. There may not be, but you just you know thinking about it and being aware of that feeling is, is a great step. And here's another thing from a purely practical standpoint. You know, you can meet like a thousand people a day for the, till the day you die and still not meet one percent of the people on this planet. Sure. There's just so many. I, I say that to say you don't have to vibe with everyone. Um, there, I don't. I don't know why people believe this. It's certainly like yes, life is certainly easier if you're the O positive of human beings, right? Like everyone accepts you. You're all good, but that's unrealistic, and and there's there's nothing really to be gained from it. So if you have those feelings. Uh, you know, you, you, you should honor them if for any other reason, you, let, let's pretend there's nothing there. Right. And, and that's like the best case scenario. There's nothing right. there. You should still honor those feelings because those feelings aren't going away and they take away from your quality of living. You don't have that mm -hmm. much time on this planet. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. Like, why am you know, I messing? Right. 90, maybe a hundred years, you know, like why, why waste that spending time with people who for whatever reason, don't initially make you feel well. And you don't have a reason, you don't have like to be forced to get along or work with them. Uh, that, that, that might sound counterintuitive, but I am a big believer in that idea that, that even though the feelings may have nothing there factually, you should still follow them in this regard. Not always do we just follow our feelings, but in this regard, because if you don't have to do it, you have to consider your own well-being. Whatever, you, whatever your brain is, yes. is telling you, you got to do it. I, I liken it to like a favorite foods, right? Who knows why you have a favorite food, and also who knows why you hate something? Yeah, right. As long as it doesn't like, like, like I'm, I love all food for the most part. I don't have a food I hate, 
But there are foods I can't eat because they'll kill me. Like like I have a tree nut allergy. So, but 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 some people just don't don't like things, and they should not eat those things, even if they'll do nothing to them. Now I shouldn't eat nuts because they'll do something to me. But I'll tell you what, I love the smell of almonds. But my life would be ruined if I ate almonds, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, like so. So it, I, I I said it to say it works the other way too. Just because somebody uh, vibes with you initially. Mm. You know, and we unfortunately, I think that's a common experience in, in yes. humanity. We we have all you know fallen for the uh, what is what I say. You know, the unmasked angel or the the devil in disguise is always more alluring than the unmasked angel, and you can you can really do damage if you just if you expect everything to be written on like oh this is uh, something I should work through or look for or, or go on with it. it the the two. At the end of the day, follow exactly how you you feel when it comes to interacting with people, unless you have a really good reason to interact with them. And I think there is, I think there's something to something that has irked me, that if you uh, there's a, an adage that says, if somebody doesn't like you, and I want to bring up, so you have a title of your book, not caring. You have a best-selling book, not caring what other people think is a superpower. Okay, so let me hold that. So not caring what other people think is a superpower. There's one thing I have, I take issue with, and that is if somebody isn't into you, they don't like you, fuck them. And that doesn't feel good when you care. You know what I mean? When you yeah. care. And I think... I, I wonder, like, I can't figure out the cognitive dissonance between those two of just at least acknowledging the feelings well, that it, you know, it does feel like it doesn't feel good. Uh, oh, what yeah. do I do with this? No one. Okay. I never say it feel, it's it's a pleasant feeling. Right. Because because remember, you're, you're going against something deeply ingrained, which is seeking approval from the, the, the group. Okay. Yes. Even if this person isn't in your immediate group, the mere fact that you interact with them more than once means they're at least on the periphery. We're not talking about uh, random individuals. You yeah. Know, some, we're talking about somebody that's know. in your circles. Right. Yeah. So so not caring what that person thinks, you know, as they say, like evolutionarily, like in the old days, that might be a death sentence. Right. Like imagine if that person ascends to the leadership position of the tribe. You're in big trouble. Uh, but, you know, we don't have to worry about that today. Now we can make a far more practical choice. We, in fact, most of us don't even have to worry about it from a political standpoint. It's just this person, I don't care. I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to ruin my life. And and the problem with, with that stance for a lot of people is, is you're not really sure where you stand in the group, I think. Mm -hmm. Because if you decide you don't like someone and everyone else likes this person a little more than they like you, you stand to lose your social group. And that's important. Yeah. So these are the things yeah. that are uh, that, that come to mind. It's not it's not so much cognitive dissonance. It's it's, you know, what, what do I say? Uh, the difficulty of a task is irrelevant if it's vital to your success. No one ever said, you know, watching what you eat and working out every day was easy. It's just necessary, <laughs> you know. And, and, and your body is naturally wants to reserve energy, but you have to overcome that tendency and go get yourself in a gym, go watch what you eat because we're not in the old days anymore where like, 
if you if you came across some cupcakes, you better eat the shit out of them because you ain't never <laughs> right. gonna see cupcakes again, right? Now you can go to the mall and get cupcakes, but your your biology hasn't caught up to that. So that's why we have this. That's one of the many reasons why we are in this obesity and overweight epidemic. That analogously, your your feelings about belonging to the group are the group is survival, right? Mm. But now you don't have to operate under that because the group is no longer survival. The tribe you're around is no longer survival. You can re and on top of that, you have the power to reach out and meet new people who will much better align with you. So the challenge, the challenge is okay. I am fond with this feeling. You don't have to like it. In fact, it's probably good if you don't like it because that might uh, misalign incentives yeah, yeah. to to piss people you're off. Acknowledging right, right the. Yeah, you're acknowledging the discomfort. Well, yeah, once you acknowledge the discomfort, then you go, okay, this is just what it is. And you work with it and do what's so, best for you. So I'm curious, Ed, you are a, a heavyweight, former heavyweight champion boxer. I imagine that getting in the rink and, uh, ring and competing on that kind of level, you know, there is, there has to be some unbelievable egos at play as well as the physical sport of that how has this shown up why was this article important to you or this topic important to you how has it shown up in your life well uh, you know I'll, I'll tell you a story that kind of ties all this together when i was an amateur there was this kid that came to the gym and he was he wasn't bad he he i think he won his first like nine or ten fights and he had good promise. I mean, that that's a, that's a promising start as an amateur because you shouldn't win most of your fights as an amateur. Well, you should if you go to the next level, but the amateurs are a learning ground. Uh, so it's like being a smart kid that comes in, aces the test, whatever. And then his 10th fight, I remember it. He, he came up to me before the fight and he was like, yo, I invited like three different girls here and they don't know I was, I'm seeing them or whatever. Mm, and, right, right, right. like... I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said to him, I said, well, you know, worry about what you're going to do about your opponent and then figure that out later. Well, he goes out and he gets stopped. And to get stopped, like, he got stopped in a pretty brutal way. I don't think I've ever seen a body shot stoppage in amateur fighting because the, the gloves is just different. So he, so he gets embarrassed, takes a week off from the gym, then texts the coach. He goes, yeah, I don't think boxing is for me. And I thought that was a really like like this story always stayed with me because he he was doing it for the wrong reason. He was doing it because he wanted he he was chasing things that can be taken away from you. I always tell guys in fighting, uh, you don't do it for, for fame or money or because there ain't no money and there's hardly any any fame. I put fame in air quotes. Uh, you, you do it because you you get something out of it that can't be removed from you. And he was doing it for a thing that could be removed from him. And it was, and he decided to leave. So the the moral of that story is, is when you get your ego involved, this can be a very hard thing to do. Like, like you need, like, like your, your ego, I, I can't believe that based on my experience, it's as simple as ego or no ego. I think there are layers and nuances and certain functions of subcategories of your ego. Like 
like you need to believe you're better than the guy you're fighting like you have to operate with that idea because otherwise it's it's very dangerous to not operate with that idea you, you're getting in there against somebody who's trained and who's you know you both have signed off in one form or another either with the the sanctioning body for a pro fight or the um the collective boxing association usa boxing for an amateur fight here in this country that if you die you know it was within the rules so you are right. like like nobody's in trouble that's a that's a, a prospect you can't think about but it's there so if you get in there and you face that danger that's real so you need ego to deal with that but you can't believe you're better you know like you can't have the negative manifestations because imagine going into a fight thinking that nothing can hurt you all right or are thinking you don't need to train as hard because you're so much better well, we're going to mm. find out, you know, you're going to be wiped out. So, so it's, it, you have to develop this really, you have to master your ego. Your ego cannot be in control of you because it was sending, when it's in control of you, it's going to manifest the absolute worst tendencies and habits in your training. When you're in control of it, it is going to make itself known at the proper times, but then take a back seat to humility and, and openness to ideas and learning and training and dedication and all that, the kind of things that like an egotistical person tends to avoid, which is that critical feedback to make you better. Well, I, what's interesting about what you said about that is that when you are, and this, this is just curious, curious from my part, when you're in a pro fight, you know, it's maybe not the thought of I'm better than this person, but can the thought of nothing can hurt me help you um, move forward that you are self-contained, you know, like as a mind trick? I, I think, so you, you want to earn that mindset, mm. right? You, you, you don't want to just have it without it being tested and developed. So if, if I go and I believe that the guy can't touch me, it's because I've been working on my defense and my slipping and, and my counter punching is outstanding in the ring. So now I can carry that. And that belief is backed up by the results I've gotten through training camp and sparring. So there it helps me. If I enter the ring without the subsequent preparation to carry such belief, then I'm likely going to take risks that I'm not prepared to take and and get hit as a result and, or, and get injured and be hurt you know like like there are guys that can lower their hands because they have the the reaction and the awareness we'll call it like boxing iq to know what a punch means and what direction it's coming from what a certain body part moves whatever so they're always one step ahead it looks almost telepath or precognitive at that level they can do that they've trained it they know it on the other hand, if you're not that guy, all of a sudden you decide you're going to lower your hands because he can't hurt you, you'll find out very quickly how little force it takes to disrupt the, the consciousness of a human being. Mm, that is so wild. <laughs> it must be like a whole nother life. And I know you've got books that you're writing on this as well to kind of figure out what lessons are gleaned from, uh, from the ring. You know, so getting back to what you do when you're in a situation where you feel like people hate you for no reason. How do you help people kind of de-escalate um, the situation in somebody's mind? 
All they can well, control is themselves, right? Yeah, you know, I, I never, one of the things that made a really big difference in my life is, is I stopped trying to de-escalate other people's perspectives. Mm. I stopped caring. I mean, like in the purest sense of the word, I stopped caring about what they what they felt and thought. Uh, I decided that, so we'll pause here. Uh, and, and I'll say, you know, there, there's a, there's a difference between being liked and being respected, but that difference is like the difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconia that, that only the, the experts can tell to most people, it looks the same, but it's only when, it, you know, when you smash it against something hard, do you realize one of these things are not like the other? Okay. And that, I think that that analogy holds extraordinarily well when we talk about being liked and being respected and how that deals with like not and dealing with when someone doesn't like you. When you're pursuing a life of respect, you you you're you're almost by definition not acting to the will of other people. Their their opinions don't matter because you've decided on your values and you're stuck to them regardless of what anyone has to say about them. Okay? And that's all self-awareness. That, that that's is all self-awareness. Yeah. That's extraordinary self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Compare that to when you're living to be liked. You, you you do what will make you be liked. And being liked is is something that is bestowed upon you by other people. And it is dependent on the group. Uh, it seems and, so externally, you know, externally provided like the approval seeking yeah you know you can look look i can have respect no control myself, over that right i can respect myself um and if i respect myself i have to like myself but like the, the two go hand in hand i can i i can like myself but not really respect myself and and you know when you respect yourself you know it, it shows up really in how you interact with people Respectable people, people who know that they are valuable regardless of what other people say, and this value has been been developed and they've earned it. Uh, they they tend to they show up with presence. They're not afraid to speak. They know where they stand, uh, and and really what they've done and, and what they've contributed to the world. Comparatively, like like someone who's only working to be liked, and I know this from from the living difference. I mean, uh, my my go to for for being in a social situation is I would I had the same old stories from from drinking and being funny and not nothing that, that allowed me to to expose myself deeper. Nothing that allowed me to go. Okay, here's and you're sober now, on. yeah. It'll be it'll be nine years this December. So wow, so. congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really, the best gift that I've ever given myself is, is sobriety. I, I don't know what my life would be uh, without it. But when I was drinking heavily, a lot of it was motivated by like, I got to fit in. This is the group. I'm, I'm going to be a drinker. I'm going to be known as a drinker. I'm going to be that, that guy. So all my stories, all my things I talk about text, my whole life was centered around doing this thing that I had made as a, a centerpiece of approval. Contrast that to how my life is now and how it's been since December 23rd, 2013, my, my first day of sobriety, everything is about getting respect. I'm not really worried about people around me. This has had an interesting effect. <laughs> this, is it getting respect or is it acting respectfully? It's both. 
Because one both. is externally is also externally e- external. Well, okay. So so here's here's the thing, right? When you when you act as a way, the the only way to get respect, but in in real respect, is to act in a way that is uh, consistent with your values, right. regardless of what's going on. So first, yep. you got to have some type of value, and and this is where it gets tricky, but it, but it, but it's all works, you know. People who have respect on the street, for example, like if somebody gets respect um, by the gangbangers or the dope boys or something like that, well, that's because they've done something. It's not about being liked. There are a lot of guys, they don't like each other on the street, but they recognize that this guy is about his business, and that almost certainly opens up more opportunities uh, for him in that environment. It's like, you know, in, in, in business or in education, you don't have to be liked by people, but if you can, but being respected, if they have to put their name on the line to stand by an association with you, that's what being respected is. I always tell people, I, you know, the difference between being liked and respect when it comes time to do something other than than fool around. And you know, like I remember when I started getting invited to some of, to the to the Christmas party of my my best friend's parents. You know, that was after I stopped drinking because they could be like, mm. okay, this is somebody we can take a risk on. And, it's, and, and that doesn't seem like a risk, but if but if I'm a heavy drinker and you invite me to a holiday party with alcohol, that's a risk to your family. To yeah, your friends, for right? sure. If you got to say, I know him, that's my friend. It's a lot easier to say that when you don't have to worry about me doing anything to deteriorate your reputation or mine. And I'm going to act in my best reputation because now I'm acting from, like, I respect this vessel. I respect my being. I respect my life. That naturally means, at the very least, if you're not going to interact with me with respect, then you've naturally filtered yourself out. No matter how you, whether you like me or not, it doesn't matter. So you're right in that the both are bestowed. But I guess, I guess typically when we talk about respect, it is... We usually use it like a reflexive verb or something like that. Like, like yeah. I respect myself versus you respect me. All right. But but they're both. But I don't think one can exist without the other. And and if you do somehow have self-respect and no one respects you, we, we call that delusional. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that, again, goes back to the self-awareness. And so it sounds like. You know, what I'm hearing is is that continual self-improvement, but like active self-improvement, not like, you know, like it, it requires work, you know, it requires a lot of work and a reprogramming work. to be sober, you know, yeah. after being <laughs> a heavy drinker. And it is redefining who you are and the identity of who you are, you know. And so I wonder about, you know, like, when you're in the situation so it sounds very clear about being authentic to yourself and i think acknowledging you know the the feelings that might come out whether they are insecurities whether they are triggers whether they are something that is no longer in alignment you know or doesn't feel good and then at that point you go where you are celebrated yep. which i freaking love that i love it's such a simple clear path it it really is and but I, but i always have to make sure i preface this with you know this is after you've done real work because you can you can go where you're celebrated 
and, and not have done anything to improve your life, right? So this is dealing with people who don't like you, all right? Uh, but when we move into the realm of respect, the, the, the rule changes a little. Because look, man, like if, if I'm a crackhead, I'm going to probably want to hang out with other crackheads. That doesn't mean I'm uh, the crack's good. Right, right. right? They're celebrating. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know. Celebrating here, the wrong God. Here we celebrate crack. Come on down, crackhead. Right, like right, right. Deal. <laughs> right. All right. So, so but, but when it comes to being liked, I think that that's great advice. I mean, that, that's why it's written. But like, <laughs> uh, but, but when it comes to being respect, the rules are a little different. And this is one of the few, well, not few, there are many areas, but, but there is a, there in the Venn diagram of, Respect versus like, there are certain things that overlap. Uh, go where you're celebrated is not one of them. So mm -hmm. it, it applies very well to the like part, not to respect. So what do you know that you wish other people could know? Um. Well, okay, so what I know other people know, they just, they just don't act like it is important. Uh, the universe is like 13.8 billion years old. That's a really long time. I'm not even going to. I think what is that? Twelve zeros? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that, no, you, no, that you've is lost fifteen me. zeros. You've lost my, me at math. My point is that the the universe is very old. Uh, humans been around for almost a million years. You gonna live like one hundred if you're lucky, and most and, and a large portion of that is not going to be very useful. Uh, you know, there's, there's like, you know, when you're born, we'll, we'll say that first 10 years, you're just kind of like stumbling and figuring things out. Um, you don't really have autonomy until 20 years. You have that for a little while, but by right around 65, 70, you start really having to slow down, if not earlier. So you got 40 good years and, and you got to make the most of them and really prioritize what's important, your, yourself and and your relationships, I think that is that's something that people know mm. and they don't acknowledge. Life is very short. Like, like it, it, it only feels long because you don't have any other perspective. But if you step out and think, you it's a long time. Uh, that and and I guess related to that, this is something people may not know. I know, and I, I act on this. Your relationships with people are, are the the most important thing, and and it's not even a debate in, in my opinion. And one of the things I use, the exercises I use to get people to really feel this, as I say, imagine you get your dream life, you get everything you want, you get to live where you want all that. The only thing is you don't have anyone to tell and no mm. one to celebrate that with. And they go, wow, right? That feeling, you know, and I say, flip it, right? You're broke, life's hard, you're struggling, you ain't got nothing. But, but you know, three days a week, you get together with your best friends, for for cards or dinner or something and and that, that like like those are some of your best years like i remember like when i was in my early 20s some of my best years when i was like living like that i mean i still have people around me because people are important but that highlights the the importance one of my favorite rappers jada kiss has a great line he says i'd rather be broke together than rich alone and that always stuck with me and you see that in everything people are the most important things and life is too short those are two things i wish people I love that. What a perfect place to end this conversation because it is the relationship, not only with others, but also with yourself based on, uh, based on this conversation. Where do people find you, Ed? So I'm Ed Lattimore. 
absolutely everywhere. My website is edlattimore.com. My Twitter handle is edlattimore. My Instagram handle is edlattimore. My YouTube channel is edlattimore1 because somebody beat me to it somehow. <laughs> uh, and, and my Facebook is edlattimore as well. And I'll just give you a plug here that you have uh, grown up in the projects. Hold yourself up, served in the military, pro boxer, a philosopher, uh, like who does all that um, and are really doing some really important work. I understand you've got a history and physics studies as well. I'm really impressed um, with what you've done and getting sober. So I appreciate your work that you're doing and the, the difference that you're making and the way you show up. And I appreciate you being on today. Wow. Big thanks to Ed Lattimore. You can pick up his books, you can read his blog, you can reach out to him through the links in the show notes. And as for me, I am making some big enhancements to this podcast, so stay tuned for more on this. I hope you'll continue sharing this episode, and if this is your first time listening, I hope you scroll back to some of the previous titles, find something that interests you, and keep listening. Those episodes might just change your whole outlook on things and might make life a whole lot better. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.